Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Why it matters. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is the evening runway. I'm Elliot Dankert. Time now for Why It Matters. We're going to talk about digital commerce in Southeast Asia. It's experiencing significant growth driven by rapid urbanization. There's a rising middle class as well, proliferation of digital payments and rising smartphone usage. Now, there's a new report from Shopify that's highlighted key trends that will help Southeast Asia retailers better understand what customers want and plan their retail and e-commerce strategies to compete effectively in the new retail landscape. We'll find out what these key trends are and, of course, how does AI go into that mix? On the line with me is Bharati Balakrishnan, who is Country Director, Southeast Asia and India for Shopify. Good afternoon. How are you? Hello, Elliot. Good afternoon. Very happy to be here. I'm very good on a Monday afternoon. Oh, yes. And we all know Shopify, Canadian multinational e-commerce company headquartered in Ottawa. Tell us about the work and, how should I say, presence of Shopify in this Southeast Asia region. Yeah, it's a great question. We feel very passionately about our presence in Southeast Asia because a lot of folks know us globally, but I don't know if you know, Elliot, we've been in this region for over a decade now. And the initial years of our journey were really about a lot of entrepreneurs who were partners, right, in markets like Vietnam and the Philippines, helping merchants globally go online. But I think starting the mid-2010, Southeast Asia started to become a merchant market for us because e-commerce had caught on. It was doing about $10 billion plus annually in GMV. And the first D2C brands were born and they grew up with us. We grew up with them. And over the years now, we've invested heavily in localizing our product, which is really helping entrepreneurs anywhere in the world set up, start, manage, scale a business in e-commerce, online and offline, starting with your website. And I'd say in the last three, four years, the most exciting piece during and post-COVID has been a lot of the traditional brands, the established ones with large offline footprints, store footprints have started taking their website seriously because the way the consumer shops is changing rapidly, right? And I always see Southeast Asia as at the forefront of that in that consumers are spending more and more time online and social media. So it doesn't really matter where you end up buying something from a brand. You're most definitely discovering it online and on your website. And so we've played a big part in recent years in bringing a lot of traditional household names online as well in this region. Give a person a smartphone and they'll figure out how to shop. I suppose that's a big part of the uh, (laughs) Southeast Asia Commerce Trends Report. Could you tell us a bit about that report? That's right. What you were saying earlier, I always say where consumers spend time is where they will spend their money, right? So all you need to do is look at yourself and think about where you're really spending your time. And you're likely starting to discover brands on Instagram or Facebook or WhatsApp or because, you know, you were having food with a friend at a restaurant and they showed you something and there you go down the rabbit hole of shopping again. (laughs) So I think as brands, we all have to keep up with that and be where consumers are spending their time. The SEA a Commerce Trends report that we put out about two months back now is really exciting for sort of, first of all, reinforcing a lot of, I think, you and I think in this business of commerce, right? So we actually spoke to senior folks at over 150 brands in the region 
together with Marketing Interactive, and we identified seven trends. The good news is that post-COVID, hopefully, Mm. we're no longer in the world of debating online versus offline or whether e-commerce is here to stay, what is it going to do to us. I think we're well past those things. But now that we know that retail itself is transforming across online and offline, what are we to do as merchants is really what the trends try to address. And while each of the trends would ring a bell with anyone who's selling as a brand or a merchant online and offline every day, I think each one of these trends has a nuance. There were seven trends in total, but I'm going to focus on three or four to just get us started. I think the first one's really easy. Digital transformation is here to stay. No surprise, but what really surprised me is how high the percentage of people speaking about it is. So across the merchants we surveyed, we found 75% merchants are focused on localization being a challenge. No surprise in Southeast Asia again, but a tough one but also one that you can solve with technology. Over 80% folks are investing in not just technology for e-commerce, but technology for supply chain, technology for how your systems are integrated. And that's really becoming a massive trend in terms of investments made by brands, right? Mm. The second one I think is really topical given we're on the cusp of entering uh, November, Elliot, which is really around peak sales preparation. Mm -hmm. We're entering peak sales season. We've sort of been in the mix of it for a while. I think the most exciting thing about peak sales now is everyone speaks of it as something that they plan for. I think three or four years back, if you were building out a D2C brand, you kind of scrambled through the season and you said, oh my God, there's probably 30-40% of my business happening in this time. What am I going to do to make it better? But we've seen increasingly that brands treat it like a science today. It's a process and they focus on three things. Number one is how do you generate a good active customer pool who likes you and engages with you ahead of this period. So when the period comes, you're able to offer them the best offers you can. Number two is the amount of detail that goes into planning inventories, planning assortment, and really thinking about which product is going to work in which channel. This is something we find brands spending copious amounts of time on, including including planning supply chains. And number three is always the action during the sale, right? Which is, hey, should I be tweaking the price of the red skew versus the blue skew? Should I run a promotion today or in the night? How soon can I run a flash sale? Will my website scale for that? All of those become a part of peak sales. But the single underlying insight on peak sales is people don't take it for granted anymore. They know it, they plan for it, and it's a real exercise in science and art coming together. Okay. Bharati, what's interesting about everything that you've mentioned, I feel that AI could fit into anywhere on that spectrum. So what are businesses to do with the fact that we've got AI on the rise and obviously they're going to start thinking, how can we leverage it? Absolutely. There's not a conversation I'm sure you're having or me that goes without mentioning AI no matter where, but definitely in the world of commerce. I think at Shopify, we think of AI as the bicycle for the mind. We should be able to help our merchants do everything better, whether it's really growing revenues or reducing costs as a business with the help of AI, right? So we put out something with Shopify editions once in six months, Elliot, where we Mm. try and present to our customer base, which is really merchants across the world and in Southeast Asia, what are the new things we put out? And one of the things we did was put out Shopify Magic which is really a suite of features that are AI-enhanced or AI-enabled across what we offer merchants. Now, this could be really a 
sprinkling of AI that makes everything that we already do better, right? So it could be something like when you write an email out to your merchant, can AI help you write a better title that helps with better open rates? It could be as simple as how do you write the best product descriptions, honing into the uh, into the amount of information Shopify can use to tell you what a merchant is, uh, what a customer is likely to engage on more. All the way to something called Sidekick that we announced a couple of months back now, which is really literally exactly what the name means, which is can I, using AI as Shopify, be the sidekick to a merchant who wakes up every day and tries to grow his or her business on the platform? How can I be intelligent about telling you that, hey, last Tuesday you ran this sale and you ran a 20% discount at 2 p.m. and it worked better than 5 p.m. because people were browsing their phones after lunch in the office, for example, right? Mm -hmm. So there's so much that AI can do by just being a merchant's able assistant and a lot of what we think and put out of Shopify is really about that. Wow, that is really quite fantastic. I suppose programs like this, you know, if I'm a business, you talked about trends earlier on and I'm looking at the year-end sales, so much strategy going through my mind. What would your advice be, Bharati, if I'm trying to cut through all of that noise? Yeah, it's a great question. I really think that buying technology today as a brand or a merchant is a bit like being a kid in a candy store. (laughs) There's so much that's thrown at you, right? I think that it's really important to go back to the basics and take it all in phases versus drinking from a hose pipe, right? At the end of the day, a brand was always built keeping in mind the consumer first. And I always say to merchants, your consumers, especially in dense markets like Southeast Asia and India, where you can shop from multiple channels at the same time, right? You can go to a mall, you can go to a mom and pop store, you can go online, you can go online to a marketplace, you can go online to your website. There's so much choice. Mm. And so it's really important as a brand to think about exactly what each of these channels plays as a role for your consumer, right? So I may want to look at a billboard when I'm sitting at a signal and then say, hey, I want to browse what this brand is about. So I look at your website and then decide that I actually want to go shop at the store right next to me in my neighborhood, right? Mm. So everything is getting increasingly connected, but pacing yourself and getting the basics right is so important with technology. Hence, trend number one, which is invest in a good e-commerce platform. Also invest in digitizing basic processes, like how does your invest tree flow, how does pricing work, how are you going to systematize and standardize it across your channel. So the consumer truly feels like he's seeing the same brand no matter where he or she is discovering you and interacting with you. Then we can get to the more fancy bits that help improve efficiency or help create that wow engagement, right? Like, you know, you scan a QR code, you discover and answer a quiz, and then you end up shopping. All of these are important, but (laughs) need to be done in phases once the basics are sorted. It's amazing where investment can go and, in a way, not being greedy and choosing the right tool to invest in. Which brings me to my final question, Bharati. Where do you see the future of retail, especially here in, in a connected part of the world, Southeast Asia? I'm worried that shopping is going to get even easier. <laughs> you should be happy. <laughs> Not my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that the key thing to remember is that we do live in a world that's way more connected and mm. it is going to become more connected. I always, I genuinely believe that Southeast Asia shows the rest of the world how e-commerce and retail are really going to work in the future because no other market in my experience 
uh, handles the amount of complexity that the average merchant or brand in Southeast Asia does. No other market outside of perhaps China has embraced social commerce the way consumers here have. I mean, just last year alone, 100 million new internet users came on and they are going to shop, right? So as a brand building in today's era, it's really important to keep all of these fundamental changes together while designing for what retail looks like. The future of retail, I believe, is really fluid across geographies, across channels, across cohorts of consumers. And as a brand, you must never forget who that end consumer is and which channel they're coming to you for what and try and strive and offer that same experience. And technology helps you do that and goes a long way, right? One of the trends, Elliot, that we picked up was around cross-border expansion. Now, in Southeast Asia, that's table stakes, right? We have so many brands that start in Indonesia and then would sell even into a Brunei and a Malaysia before they go and set up offline store footprint there. In fact, AI plays a big role in adapting language, translating Mm -hmm. content. You know, it's such a unique use case to Southeast Asia. And remember, in Southeast Asia, you're always selling to a very mature market like Singapore, as well as a relatively early market like the Philippines at the same time. So adapting product, adapting business model and using technology to make your life easy is really critical as you expand in this region. Yeah, that's really good advice. I've been speaking with Bharati Balakrishnan, who is Country Director, Southeast Asia and India for Shopify. Appreciate your time today. Take care and have a great Monday evening. Thank you very much for having us. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.